You're listening to AWW Radio, the podcast of American women's wrestling. What is up, wrestling friends? This is American Women's Wrestling Radio. Welcome you today to today's show. We have uh, Adrian Coach Cliff Couchard on with us today. Welcome, Coach. Thank you for having me. Um, as I always do, I want to make sure the technology is working well. Um, you said you've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings, so you understand how these things can go sometimes. Yeah, we are live. We're good. <clears throat> All right. So Coach Cliff Cashard was promoted to uh, head coach for the women's program in 2017 after serving as an assistant for both the men and women's program for the Adrian Bulldogs since 2015. Uh, Coach Cashard led his program to a top 10 finish this year at the WCWA Nationals and also hosted the inaugural NCAA event, the Cliff Keen National Collegiate Women's Wrestling Championships. And we said that name correct, right? You did. You did a fine job. You yeah. got a lot of... Uh different names going around for the tournament <laughs> yeah we that was one thing we definitely wanted to do today was set the record straight it is not the wcwc nationals it's not the ncaa championships yet it is the cliff keen national collegiate women's wrestling championships absolutely it's a mouthful ncwwc is the short form all right well hey we're glad you did it it's an exciting time for uh women's college wrestling and for NCA program. So, uh, of course, you hosted it. So it was pretty cool. We thought so. Yeah, it ran really well. Um, we, uh, we, of course, learned things that we can get better at. And we luckily have been uh, given a chance to do it again next year. So we're going to make those improvements and try to try to make it an even better experience than it was. Great. So you have a, um, a two year contract? I guess um, the way it worked, it was kind of last minute this last year uh they put it out for for i guess you can call it put it out for bids there were five or six places that wanted to host we were awarded that spot we ran it and then after the tournament the uh the board the executive board met and uh approved us for a second year which i'm both happy and you know not happy because <laughs> it's a ton of work uh but it's an honor to host something like that and um you know we're happy to do it a second time around yeah, I mean, you're part of history, right? I think the intent is that. Oh. Exactly, yeah, and, and I think uh, I think the intent is that they'll put it up for two-year cycles going okay. forward, as long as needed. Very cool. Well, congrats on that. Uh, it was a great event. Really, really uh, special to be a part of. I love how you had the preliminary rounds in that field house, and then moving it to the um, I don't know what you call that place, but the, you know, the, the place that had more auditorium seating, that, that was a really nice touch. It was a great environment for the finals. Yeah. We've hosted the, the girls high school state championships the last few years as well. Oh, okay. So we, we use that same format for the girls high school. Okay. Uh, and it does work when you've got a large group, it's great to have that bigger space, more mats, and then take it down to one mat and make it special. Yeah. It was nice as somebody that was filming to get on the, you know, the right, side of the mat and get the crowd behind and try to get the gallery of whatever wrestler, you know, was on the mat and to see the exciting, uh, responses. It, it was really, uh, it was a great event, a great, uh, great atmosphere. And I mean, you know, as an inaugural event, you know, what, what a great way to start. 
So uh, how you been doing during the quarantine? I mean, it sounds like you're still busy. Um, has your life slowed, same, or sped up? Sped up. I'm, I always keep myself busy anyway, but all the Zoom meetings and all of the other planning and uh, extra paperwork and things that have, that have occurred, uh, I'm probably more busy than normal. Uh, we're recruiting like mad, even though we're in a, a weird time, we're still recruiting hard. And uh, you know, that's going to go on for at least another month, it looks like, for this incoming class. Now, um, you've got to help me. We have this tradition on our show where uh, this is our, our 29th show. OK, so uh, early on, we were using the numbers to try to make a wrestling connection. You know, like the number 15 was easy because that's a folk style tech. We're on show number 29 now. So you, you are our 29th show. Um, so we've been using uh, states in alphabetical order. And the state that's come up this time is New Hampshire. And God help me to make a wrestling connection with New Hampshire. Do you have any? Well, I'm also the Wizards Director of the State of Michigan, and a few years back, uh, we did a joint team with New Hampshire. Oh, is that right? At Fargo for the duels. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I did notice that um, 2019 cadet silver medalist uh, Skylar Hattendorf is from uh, New Hampshire. So that's a nice connection for women's nice. wrestling. And, of course, hey, man. You're talking about recruiting, you know, that, that, uh, that'd be a good one to land there, you know, just, I don't know, putting that out there. It certainly would. Um, but this is, this is how desperate I was to make a wrestling connection. I don't know if you know this, but uh, WWE wrestler Triple H is also from New Hampshire. Have you ever heard of him before? I've heard of him. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know it either. Uh, Triple H stands for Hunter Hearst. Helmsley. So for all those who just had to know that information today, Triple H is actually from New Hampshire. Put it on the map. So, all right. So I read in your bio that you were an architect for 20 years. I am an architect. Yes. Are you still involved in that business? A little here and there. I, I basically, when I had the opportunity to become a full-time head college coach, I, I put that to the side. Uh, I do a little here and there, but I don't do much. Don't have time. Okay, well, I'm going to kind of take a little bit of an abstract uh, approach to this question then. As an architect, um, the fact that you left, you know, that firm that you founded tells me a couple things about you. Uh, number one, that you love wrestling and, you know, you love women's wrestling, which is pretty great. Um, secondly, it tells me that you know how to put things together. So here, here's my abstract question. How does your experience as an architect help you to construct a wrestler or construct a women's program. Does that have any parallel at all? Uh, it does a bit, yeah. Um, both the the people skills that I learned uh, dealing with clients, getting them to be willing to open up and tell me what they really wanted in their project, whether it be a home or a, an office or a, mm. a store, or a hospital, a restaurant, whatever. You know, a lot of people don't want to give you that honest answer. So being able to get a little bit deeper with people helps. And then, uh, you know, you start to take that information, you build your foundation, just like anything, uh, anything else. And you keep building on top of that until you, until you get them to where they need to be. Uh, I, I never thought about it that way, but. I want to welcome our, uh, our online audience, anybody watching on Facebook, uh, feel free to ask questions and, you know, we'll be peeking at that thread and I can bring any of those questions to uh, Coach Cashard. So talk about your season. You had a top 10 finish as a team 
uh, 10th, actually, at the WCWAs, two All-Americans, a national champion, and then 13th at the NC uh, WWC event. Uh, just how do you feel about your season? It seems like you had, you know, a lot of success. Yeah, we've been we've been getting progressively better. Uh, this we just finished our fifth year in existence, and every year we we improve, we get better. Um, obviously, that's always a coach's goal. And this year was going really, really well, and then we started to get some injury bugs hitting us. Yeah. And unfortunately, by the end of the season, we were we were missing a few key components, and that's you know I'm happy enough with the 13th finish. We'll, I think we had eight eight ladies competing, um, but you know you should always finish higher. Right. That, that should always be a it should never be a factor. Right. Yeah. Always aiming for more. But I mean, coming into this season, you you previously only had one All-American from Adrian previously. WCWA, we'd had several USA Wrestling All-Americans. at gotcha. OK, so this year in, in WCWA, you had Zoe Nowicki, of course, win it all. And then Cassidy Block, you know, was an All-American. Uh, Nowicki was your program's first national champion. Can you talk about what that means for your program to, you know, to be able to have that? Oh, it means everything. Um, you know, the, the program as it's been growing on campus has been getting a lot of attention locally. Um, and that's sort of just the capper. We're now established as a, uh, you know, one of the top programs at a school that's well known for its athletics. Um, and in an area that's well known for its wrestling, we're in a, we're blessed that we're in a community that's a huge wrestling area and we get a lot of fan support and, and a lot of interest. So being able to, to bring something like that home, not only was it great for Zoe, it was great for the program. It was great for the whole community. Well, what's cool is Zoe's, she's from Michigan, right? Yes. So that, that, that's gotta be great for her to, you know, wrestle for a Michigan program and then, you know, bring the first ever national title, home to uh, your program. Are, are you going to do anything to commemorate that? Like I know some programs put banners up on the walls or anything planned like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, we actually just, the school purchased a building for us. So we're moving into a, a new, a new wrestling building. Uh, it'll be under construction renovations over the next probably two seasons. We can't squeeze all the construction in at one time. And then obviously with the pandemic going on, it's kind of slowed down construction yeah. even more, but uh, we are uh, we are in there practicing and we'll be upgrading and, and making that our home. Uh, and, and it's uh, when that is finished, we'll be having all kinds of banners and signs and things all over the walls. So absolutely, we, we will, you know, like any good program, you have to honor all of your your All-Americans and champions. That's pretty cool. I have a personal connection with Zoe as well. Um, I, I knew her one time coach, Brent Harvey, of course. And um, oh, yes. And, uh, you know, being involved in New York wrestling, um, I have three daughters who wrestle. And my oldest daughter, when she was much smaller in high school, actually wrestled Zoe a number of times. So they were kind of rivals for a while. So it's it's really great to see Zoe have all that success. And, uh, you know, congratulations uh, for that. Yeah, it's awesome. And she's only a sophomore. That's the best part of it. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we got it for two more seasons and uh, keep building. Now, um if you've seen our show, Coach, you know that we are not just, uh, you know, we don't just interview. We're also a game show. Of course. Yeah. So um, today uh, I was glad to know that you are, you know, have some familiarity with the Rocky movie and the Rocky series. So um, we are going to do some Rocky trivia today with Coach Cliff Cashard from Adrian College. And here's what's on the line. 
A crayon ring. I was hoping it was a crayon ring. It, it's. I mean, I can give you a choice. Like we got green. Uh, that's sort of a brownish, and then we got this orange. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if any of those go along with Adrian's colors or not. I. But we're black and gold, so whichever. You know. Okay. All right. And they're great. You know, my son Jack makes them. Uh, I give him like a you know a buck a ring and his chore chart, and uh, they're great because you just put them on and then you're like, hey, you know, in the middle of the day, I want a color. You just put your hand down and just start coloring. It's just really an amazing little thing here. It makes sense to me. I think it's a great thing. Yeah, and I don't know any other uh, wrestling, you know, journalistic media service that gives those out in interviews. So um, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. But um, so anyway, that's what's up. That's what's on the line, Coach. All so right. Just to make you more nervous. Now, the way this is going to work is it's just uh, just you is you have to get a majority of the questions right, and then you win the crayon ring. Okay. All right. Okay, here we go. Question number one. Now, we're starting real easy here. If you don't get this, we might just have to bail on this whole thing, okay? Who was the actor that played Rocky? That would be Sylvester Stallone. Nailed it. Okay. Question number two. What city was the movie filmed in? Philadelphia. Nailed it. That, that's two. Good start, coach. Number three. What was Rocky's nickname? The Italian Stallion. Boom. 3-0, and o, coach. Undefeated so far. Nice job. Now you're scaring me here. These are easy. You're going to give me some harder ones. I know. They're a little harder, but, you know, we, we, like to, we like to make our guests feel good, too. So I'm not going to try to embarrass you here, coach. I want you to get that ring. All right, number four. I, I want it, too. What was the name of the Russian that Rocky fought in Rocky IV? First and last name. I'm not certain it was Rocky IV, but I'm assuming it was Ivan Drago. Nailed it. It was Rocky IV. Excellent. Okay, 4-0. Oh. All right, who killed Apollo Creed? Five seconds. That was Ivan Drago. Nailed it. Coach, what do you do? Do you go home like, is this how you rest? Did you just go home and watch Rocky movies? You're, I haven't watched it. a Rocky movie in years. <laughs> so, you got a good memory then. Um, all right, number six. What was the name of Rocky's manager? Ooh, I can picture his face. Um, if you give me either his first or last name, I'll I, give it to you. I cannot remember. It was Mickey Goldmill, coach. Mickey. There we go. What was the name of Rocky's brother-in-law? Adrian's brother. Yeah. See, now, if you would have asked me his wife's name, I would have had that, because obviously uh, we get you know, lots I should, of those I should yo, say, Adrian coach, jokes around here. I should say that's why we're doing this trivia. I forgot to make that connection. The reason we're doing that's Rocky perfect. trivia is because you are Adrian. So yo, Adrian, yes. plus the connection. There you go. That, that's awesome. I'm glad you gave it that much thought. Uh, yeah, I do not know. It took me a long time to make that connection. Like, how do I, you know? Uh, okay, so uh, no go on Rocky's brother-in-law. No. Nope. Polly. Who's Polly? Okay, a um, little tougher one. Who performed the song "I Live in America" live as Apollo Creed entered the ring against Ivan Drago? That would be James Brown. That's oh, not hard at all. It. 
Nailed I'm it. I'm the right for these, man. You got to remember. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, who was the name of Rocky's opponent in Rocky Three? Five seconds. Hey, that's a tough one. Uh, I don't think it was, but Apollo Creed, perhaps. That was number two and number one. It was yeah, Clubber, one and two, right? Clubber Lang is the answer. Clubber Lang. Ah, uh, yes. There you're still go. you're still doing well, Coach. You still have a majority. You still have the crayon ring, assuming you keep you know, get a few more of these right. What did Drago say to Rocky moments before the fight started in center ring? I think it was, I will kill you. Wrong answer. It was, I oh, must break you. Yes, I must break you. Okay. It's getting a little dicey here, coach. What was the name of the actor that played Apollo Creed? Ooh. Uh, mm, mm, boy. Uh, Carl Weatherspoon? I'll give it to you. It was Carl Weathers. Weathers. Weathers, yeah. Well done. Well done. Okay, just got a couple more here. Um, what movie does Mickey die in, the coach, and how did he die? Ooh. I cannot remember. He uh, he died in Rocky Three. And he died of a heart attack. Do you remember who coached Rocky against right. Clubber Lang after Mickey died? No. <laughs> that was Apollo Creed. That was Apollo. Okay. That was Apollo Creed. Okay. How many Rocky movies are there? Ooh, if you, are you counting the Creed movies too? Now, this is a very generous question because there's actually three right answers. If we're talking about, you can give me the yeah, exactly. Rock, add Creed, or even the movies that are coming. I believe there are seven Rocky movies, two Creed movies. Um, the answer is six Rocky movies, two Creed movies. But if you include the two more coming, that's ten. So the answer was incorrect, but you got seven out of 14 right, and the tie goes to the runner, Coach. You win a crayon ring. Congratulations. I am so happy. It was, that was tight, man. I was sweating it. Well done. Well done. Especially not having seen it in a while. All right. Unlike uh, when your brother did this and he cheated by watching the movie beforehand. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, yeah. That, that's it. If we had him on, he would have like watched the entire series. And uh, yeah, that, that's that, that's why he's not on. He's suspended for cheating. Yeah, we, we had to kick go. him off for a show. Got to have standards. All right, Coach, back to our uh, more serious questions. Can you talk about who's returning next season and, and talk about your recruiting class? What, what are you looking at next fall? <clears throat> uh, we're looking at... Uh, Somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 wrestlers on the team start the season. Um, we've got, of course, Zoe Nowicki coming back. Cassidy Block, unfortunately, has used up all of her eligibility. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't realize she's, that. She's, yeah, she's a grad student, so she's she's uh, she's going to help us out with some coaching, I think. But 
uh, can't compete anymore. Uh, we've got our, uh, our, our returning 170, Lacey Young, uh, who has been ranked numerous times, but has been one of the people that was bitten by an injury bug at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, 155, we've got our returning 155, who had taken fourth at Women's Nationals two years ago, blew out her ACL, had to have full reconstructive surgery. Uh, she'll be back. Maggie Elliott is her name. Oh, yeah. Uh, you remember Maggie? Okay. Do, yeah. yeah. Um, we've got uh, some in- incoming freshmen as well that are of note. Uh, we've got uh, Emily Mendez from Washington State coming in. She took uh, third at Fargo last year, I believe, um, state camp this year uh, in high school. We've got, uh, gosh, I don't know, we've got a, got a real a real interesting uh, returning sophomore, Megan Von Drossick. Who oh, yeah. was really tearing it up before she yep. had an injury partway through the season. Uh, she was just she was turning it on. She was winning tournaments pretty frequently and uh, looking like looking really incredible and just had a had a bad run of luck. And, and she was ranked top ten at one point point and, and likely would have uh, been a you know all American candidate for uh, the event. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. I, I think Lacey, Maggie, and Megan all were in that same yeah. same category. Yep. It would have been in, in contention at least. So, Coach, how do you approach recruiting? Um, you know, I mean, you've got Michigan's a pretty good wrestling state for for young women. You know, you've got some candidates there. Are you looking to be like a rallying point for the best of Michigan, uh, or do you invest a lot in reaching farther? Obviously, you got to recruit from Washington. So, like, how do you play that out in your head? Um, I try to reach out to the best girls that'll be the, that'll be the best fit for our team. Yeah. Um, you know, not everybody's a fit for every school or for every team, and so we're looking we're looking around the country for the most part. Uh, yes, I would love. I've said it for years. If I could just get the top six girls out of Michigan every year, we'd have an incredible team. Yeah. And that's just unfortunately a lot of the top six don't want to go on to continue wrestling in college, mm-hmm. and that that's always a real downer when you see that talent just walk away. But it does, and there's nothing we can do about that. Uh, I do try to get as many of those top ladies as I can. Uh, and then we look beyond our borders. We've got, uh, I believe we've got 10 states covered this year uh, in our in our team. I think we've got eight states covered so far with fr- with freshmen that are coming in. And so, yeah, you, you do. You have to. Our, our sport is still growing. It's growing incredibly, but it's still at a point where you can't. It's not like men's teams where they can recruit from within a two or three hour drive of the right. campus. We're, we're still looking much further afield and making all those connections, trying to find people that have the will and the interest to keep going. Um, you know, I often will, will point out to people that just because you did really well in high school, those people often don't seem to do as well in college. Sometimes they just don't, you know, they don't have the drive or whatever. So it's, it's a matter of finding that right fit for your program. It's a matter of finding the girls that want to be successful academically as well as athletically. You know, last year we had, uh, we were the national runner up team for a uh, scholar all American in the U S and, uh, uh, this year we've got seven individual scholar All-Americans, and I think we're going to be defending our, our national runner-up or perhaps even moving out. Those haven't been announced yet, but uh, we're always looking to be good both on the mat and in the classroom. Well, congrats. Those are, that's a great accolade to have. Uh, can you give some advice to uh, young women who are interested in wrestling in college and maybe even in particular, Adrian, is there a way that they can contact you if they're interested in investigating, you know, being a part of your program? Certainly. The, the best advice I can give to anybody that wants to wrestle in college is we as coaches do our best to find all the, all the top wrestlers around the country. We all do. But 
women's wrestling is still so scattered. We don't have big lists like they do for the guys where you can go to any state and look at the top 50 or 100 guys in every state. We're, we're working on building to that level. So we need you to reach out to us in a lot of cases and, and make that first contact. Um, you know, find a school that's got your degree fields that you want and then make make a connection with the coach, either an email or the, every school has a recruiting form. Ours we find it found at adrianbulldogs.com. Uh, that'll take you right to our athletics page. Scroll over to women's wrestling recruit form. Boom, you can reach out that way. You can send emails. Uh, you know, if you want it, you can make it happen. Uh, something I commonly say is I don't care what you've done. I care where you're going. And so some people are, haven't done a lot and that's okay. You didn't know about wrestling. You didn't have an opportunity in your state to do it until recently. Great. You've got a year experience, two years experience, whatever it might be. You can still come into a college program. There's still lots of opportunities out there for growth. You know, I, I still say roughly, I bet half the girls in college didn't wrestle freestyle at all prior to getting into college. You know, you don't have to have all this experience. I know a lot of coaches, high school coaches and club coaches that aren't necessarily very knowledgeable tell their athletes that all the time. Well, well, you're not good enough to wrestle in college because you haven't done these things. I don't think that's true. It's all what you've got in here and what you've got in here. Right. If you want it, you, there's a place for you. You can make it happen. And I think what you're talking about has a lot to do with, you know, the young women you see that level up in college. You know, sometimes you get the hierarchy of who's who in, in high school and, you know, flow and has their rankings. We have our rankings, et cetera. But like you say, that can totally change in college. And I think what you're talking about is why it changes. If you come into college with a desire to grow, you know, the level of training you can get, and the level of competition and the partners you can get, you do see that happen with, you know, young women who maybe didn't crack the top eight or never made the podium at a national event suddenly are, you know, making waves at the college level. We've got lots of women who, even if they've got a fair amount of experience, just never got a chance to compete at any national tournaments, whether right. it be financially or whatever. And so, uh, well, Maggie Elliott on our team is a good example of that. She never wrestled in any national tournaments. Nobody knew of her. She just wrestled on her high school team with the boys. And, and she showed up on our campus and, and you know, placed fourth at women's nationals as a freshman. Now, yeah. you know, there are people out there like that. And, and finding those, those diamonds in the rough or whatever you want to call them, uh, I, I find that to be fun. That's part of the challenge. Anybody can find the Fargo champs. Those are easy to find. Uh, yeah. find, find the girls that are, you know, almost at that level that nobody knows about. Those are fun. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes, not every time, but, you know, you do see that happen where you have young women in high school who maybe had the accolades. They, they, they got the, you know, their blue chip or they got the, the, the awards, and, and then they either fall off the map or they're just not the same in college because there's this sense of I'm the best, and, and you got to get better, right? I mean, you, you got to be aiming for higher goals and higher, higher prizes in development. Absolutely. And sometimes it's, they've burned out, right? Sometimes, you know, there's that theory that everybody only has a certain number of matches in them. Hmm. Some of these ladies, they're driven super hard all through high school and they might have, I don't know, 500 matches under their belt by the time they graduate from high school. Right. And that's a lot. Hmm. And sometimes those ladies just don't have the, the desire to keep going or uh, you, you just don't know. You, you really, yeah. it's hard to predict that you have to get to know the person. You have to find how to motivate that person you know, to be successful and, and keep that growth happening. Now, um, would you say, well, for a while, it seemed like Oklahoma was kind of a, a gathering place for interacting with college programs, you know, Oklahoma folk style nationals. Is that still true? Is that something you participate in? 
Uh, yeah, they were going to move it to Colorado this year. Um, right. Okay. Of course, then it got postponed slash canceled. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we would go to that every year, and, and we would we would be at that type of tournament. Um, obviously at Fargo. Obviously at uh, we've been going to Gotham. We we've traveled quite a bit around the country to try to reach out and meet girls in you know, their home territory. But uh, you know, it's hard, especially since the seasons all overlap. It's really hard to get out on the road like that. Yeah. I want, to, I want to ask you a few more questions about your program. Um, can we go in the room and, you know, when practices are happening, who are your team leaders? Oh, well, actually, we've got a really good team of hard workers. And I would say on any given day, it could be almost anybody in the room, mm. right? Uh, not everybody's having their best day on, on every day. And when you've got a level of commitment from the whole team and they're working hard, it could be a freshman that steps up, somebody who hasn't really done much and kind of pushes the rest of the rest of the effort. Uh, often it is the older ladies in the room, but not always. Yeah. You know, some of our freshmen, we've got a freshman out of Florida, Angela Russo, who just, she won't stop. The girl is just constantly going. And, and she often pushes some of the other girls when they're starting to feel a little down. Mm. You know, she'll be a sophomore coming into next year. But we've got, a, we've got a handful of girls like that in the room, and it's just awesome. You know, I'm, I'm not a big screamer and yeller in practice. I, yeah. I don't think that works real well for me. I want them to work hard because they want to work hard. They want to achieve yeah. great goals. And, right. and having them do it is awesome. Now, you wrestled Tiffin twice this year. Yeah. Can you talk about the importance of duels and rivalries you know, for women's wrestling? Uh, it's fairly new to us because we frankly didn't have a team that was capable of doing duels until just a few years ago. Okay. You know, the first, the first couple of years before I was head coach, we had uh, a numbers issue where we really weren't doing many duels, but it's fun to be able to go out there and challenge other teams. I think just in general in wrestling, I think duels are very important. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that really is where you build up your fan base. Fans don't care as much about tournaments. You can't sit there for eight, 10 hours watching a tournament but they can come and watch duel. And like I said, we're in a really good wrestling area in Michigan. So a lot of our fans are just local people that love wrestling and they'll show up and watch the duels and they cheer us on whether we win or lose. But of course, everybody wants to win. Uh, it was, this one was weird with Tiffin. We, again, the injuries toward the end of the year got to us. We went to their place earlier in the season and we won. They came to our place later in the season and they won. So yeah, it's formed a bit of a rivalry between us. And I think that's fun and healthy. Uh, and now that we've got some other schools nearby that have joined in, uh, I think over the next few years, it's going to become a really interesting set of rivalries. Now, when we first you... started our program, go ahead. I'm sorry, did you do the NWCA uh, duels this year in uh, Kentucky? Yes, yes, we did. Okay. Was this a, How many years have, have you done that? That was, we haven't done it nonstop. We did it our first two years, and then we didn't do it for two, and then we did it again this year for the first time. Okay. We'll be doing it again this coming season. And, of course, you did both the WCWA Nationals and the NCWWC, you know, NCAA event. Um, is your plan to continue to attend both those events? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. There's a big interest in keeping the WCWA going. Um, I don't know if you know, I'm actually the president of the WCWA at the moment. Okay. So I've been, uh, we're working on revising the bylaws to uh, reflect the new world of women's wrestling. It's no longer needed as a governing body, per se. Yeah. And so it's more of a, a interdivisional championship type event. Right. And obviously we've got Missouri Valley kind of filling that role in the first semester. So the WCWA tournament is something uh, similar to that in the second semester. Good. Well, 
we've we've brought up this topic a lot, you know, and, and I've asked different coaches and athletes what their opinion is and thoughts. And sometimes the WCWA gets picked on. Uh, Ashley Sword is a huge advocate for it. You know? So, you know, what's what's your best what's your best case for, you know, the WCWA having a vibrant future? Well, um, the the best case for it, I think, is a couple of things. One, uh, USA Wrestling would love for it to continue. The National Wrestling Coaches Association would love for it to continue. They're big fans of having interdivisional competition. And, you know, as we develop, we could get to a point where we're not seeing much of that. We might see, you know, like just like on the men's side, the, the teams don't often cross boundaries much. Right. And I think we're seeing an opportunity here on the women's side to keep that from happening as frequently and maybe keeping a little bit more of this, uh, uh, this, this cross-pollination going on. Um, so there's a there's a, a group of people that would like that. Plus the some of the smaller schools, they don't um, they don't feel that, that they're ready to jump in either at the NAIA or the NCAA or perhaps their JUCO program. Some of the JUCO right. programs are actually quite good. And they don't have a, a national championship at this point, but I know they're working on it. Right. Um, so I think having that opportunity for schools to get together, we had roughly half the schools in the country mm -hmm. this year at the WCWA. Um, a lot of the teams that weren't there have expressed interest in coming back or joining for next year. I think it's just going to come down to what can we come up with as a reason for that. Um, one of the big reasons that seems to draw most people in is the, the, the WCWA has always had a, uh, a letter of intent that is a, a, a binding document meaning that no other member of the WCWA can steal that kid from you once they've, uh, once they've committed to your school. And I think that that has a lot of interest uh, from what we've heard. And then just the ability to compete, I think is huge. And we're looking at some ways to make it a little bit more creative, perhaps instead of having a, a fee to be a member of the organization and then a fee for the tournament at the end of the year, we treat it more like a conference and you pay a conference fee at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that is, covers the tournament. Um, you know, those okay. are things we're kicking around right now, trying to work out. Uh, we've got three or four cities already asking us if they can host it next year. So there seems to be a demand. And as long as there's a demand, we'll keep it going. All right. Well, good. Well, thanks for balancing the scales there, because I think we've had a few have, that have had maybe adverse opinions, but you know, it, I think it can have a, a really solid place when it finds its niche, right? When it finds that right context, yes. it can really serve a need in women's college wrestling. Just like it did for so many years, it, it right. filled the need, and then it and then it kind of shied away from it. things happened around us that that made it not as useful. Uh, but I think I think there's a demand. I mean, certainly it sounds like there is. If it, if half the programs in the country wanted it, that there's definitely a demand. All right, one final question, Coach. Just your thoughts on the NCAA development. You know, it's obviously an exciting time. <clears throat> um, there's a big push to get to the magic number of 40 to be able to get, you know, a sanctioned national championship. You know all that. What are your thoughts on where things are at right now? Well, we're very close. I think we're at 36 teams going from memory here at this point that have uh, established, which means we're only four away from that number. Uh, if the pandemic hadn't happened, I think we probably would have had those four announced by now. So I think we're, we're going to see that happen in the very near future. Um, once we get to the 40, of course, then there's a whole process of applying for championship status. It's going to take a few years, unfortunately. I, I know a lot of people wish we could just snap our fingers and make it happen instantly, but I certainly don't have that power, and I don't think anybody else does. 
either. Um, just about it. Ten years ago, there were six, six or eight schools that had women's wrestling. Uh, here we are at 82, I believe, is the current count. You know, it's it's an incredible growth pattern, and I don't see it slowing down. We're 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 quickly going to pass. Uh, I mean, we've already passed. I mean, there's what 64 D2s and 79 D1s on the men's side, something like that. So yeah. we've actually passed those numbers. Uh, and there are going to be women's wrestling programs in places that don't have men's. Right. Right. Are you concerned about the growth being too fast? Yes, I think we all are. Um, there's a certainly a, a, a difference in the number of recruits coming out. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, vet, the high school rates are growing very quickly. There are a lot more girls wrestling in high school. We're adding, what, 5,000 a year or more. Problem is, those are mostly freshmen. And so it's a three-year right. gap before they're available for us at the college level. Right. Uh, I'm not noticing any real shortfall in, in recruits, though, this year, to be honest. I thought it would be worse than it is. But I think next year might be a little tighter. We'll see. Okay. Well, Coach, we thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man, um, head coach of a women's program, architect, president of the uh, WCWA, and, you know, connoisseur of Rocky trivia. And, you know, I know you've got Rocky movies to watch, so I don't want to keep you from that. Um, but <laughs> really appreciate it. I have to go verify that you were correct. <laughs> Really appreciate your time. Uh, I'll private message you and get your address to make sure that you get your crayon ring. And I'll send you, uh, going to send you an AWW t-shirt too. But we really appreciate your time and all that you're doing for women's wrestling. And congrats on your success in your program. Thank you. And we appreciate what you're doing for women's wrestling as well. It's, uh, I enjoy reading a lot of your stuff. And obviously your video stuff is pretty good too. So. Well, we're honored. Thanks, Coach. You have a, have a great day. And maybe Thank we'll catch you. up again. Sounds great. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for listening to AWW Radio.